Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Much Love with Kaoki, part of the Much Love family. My name is David, and the gentleman across from me, the man, the legend, my brother, Kaoki. In this episode, we're going to talk about our tattoos, when we started, where we started, and the meanings behind them. This is from the heart, and I hope you enjoy. Much love. So, Kaoki, uh, th- this is kind of, you know, I, I-, I know it's going to take you back, but what was the first tattoo on you? What was it? What was the first one you got? Oh man. Uh, we're talking like back in the nineties, like in, uh, so I want to say about, uh, 1995, 1996, uh, mm-hmm. might even be 94 because you know, as the older I get, uh, the less, yeah, it, it all blends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, it was my, my, my best friend, one of my friends, uh, in high school, his name was, uh, all my Wilhelm. And, um, he was just doing one of his uncles had gone to prison and, uh, learned how to tattoo kind of a prison style. So, um, when the uncle came out, he had, uh, taught his my my friend uh called my how to uh tattoo so we were using like uh old cassette player motors like making rotary machines and we'd use like a a guitar d string and then we'd file it down into a point and that's what we use as a needle and my friend would wrap it around the the actual uh spindle that was spinning and then we would like cut cords from like old lamps and like old like uh, like electronic appliances and then splice it and try to make uh, electrical wires to go and oh, plug it wow. in so, yeah at first it was with batteries like the old school like actual prison style and then we started to mess with like um like uh we'd use the pow- like a dials for like a dimming light switch mm-hmm. and stuff like that and, and then we we found out that we could plug that in and turn it up and down and it would uh, change the power of the actual machine so we would do crazy stuff like that that's genius <laughs> yeah it was a bunch of kids that was like we didn't know what we were doing it's the 90s you know um my friend would uh, uh we would drink uh like a 20 ounce like coca-cola bottle and then rinse out the cap of the bottle and then that would be our ink cap we just pour ink inside it uh we used to go to the store my friend would go to the art store and get india ink uh, um oh. yeah that's what we used to use we used to use india ink and then uh, um and then just make our stuff from there and uh uh, we used to tear up T-shirts because we didn't know, you know, we didn't know anything about paper towels or anything. We didn't even have, <laughs> we didn't even have gloves. Like we weren't even using gloves. Like we were just like tattooing each other. My friend's hands used to get like all black inside his fingernails and everything from all the ink, you know, from wiping doing it raw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight up, <laughs> it was so messed up. And he had like a bowl of water next to him. And you know, as we're as he's tattooing, he has like these cut t-shirt rags they were about maybe like you know maybe about six inches by six inch kind of like squares that we cut out of t-shirts and he would just wipe your tattoo and then as it got dirty he would dip it in the water and rinse it out and then keep going and then that's how we used to do it just a reusable rag kind of thing like that and uh yeah so that's where it all started and it was a, a tattoo on my leg back in the days um we used to uh I don't know, it was a 90s thing where everyone was either getting their name tattooed on their tricep or their name tattooed on their leg or something like that. I guess maybe it might have been a Hawaii thing, but that's what everybody was doing. So my best friend tattooed my name, Kiyoki, on my uh, on my right leg. So, uh, yeah, that was my first tattoo. How did it hold up? Now, it actually, I mean, it's scarred from hell. <laughs> because... But, um, but you know, to tell you the truth, like I've I've seen people who tattoo nowadays, and you know, it still looks better. Even and mind you, that was like well over 
almost 30 years ago you know what i mean so it's like man like it's 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 actually still holds up really good it didn't blow out it didn't uh it actually looks like somebody tattooed it with an actual machine but it was a guitar string that's crazy that's really cool <laughs> how about you what was your first tattoo man uh so for me like i i was against tattoos you know at first uh, i the culture that i grew up in so i i'm jewish and there's this thing where you can't be buried in a jewish cemetery if you have any kind of tattoos and at least that was the the story that that was always you know pressed upon me and, and after doing some research you know I, I found out that that wasn't true and then i i had a friend who is also Jewish, but, you know, he said, you know, screw it. And he's all tatted up. And that, that kind of <laughs> opened, that, that opened the door for me. So I, I, I thought about it. And so, you know, I'm in a 12 step program and I, I reached my, my first year clean and I wanted to get, you know, something meaningful. So I, on my thighs, I, I got one day at a time. And, mm. you know, the, the meaning behind that, that that's pretty self-explanatory, but it, it, it means that you focus on today, on the present, not, not too far ahead, not from behind, you know, you don't look in the past. It, it's just working today for today and doing right. it one day at a time, the, the days start to pile up, the years start to pile up the decades start to pile up and that's that's how you you make it through life at least for me clean and that that's the goal so then i started getting phrases i i have six three on each leg for each one's a, a saying so on one leg i've got one day at a time and just for today just for today kind of has that same significance of one day at a time and then all will be well. So regardless mm. of, of how rough what you're going through is, eventually you'll make it to the other side. And then on my other leg, I have never forget, never again. And this too shall pass. So never forget where I came from, how I ended up where I am, that never again will I, I fall back to that and kind of along the lines of all will be well is this too shall pass so again whatever struggles you're going through that that's that's part of it and whatever you're going through you'll again you'll make it to the other side so each one of those i got on anniversaries and they're very very powerful to me you know, it, it got me into tattoos. It, it got me into that world. It, it means a, a lot to me. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure for everyone, you know, their, their tattoos have this strong significance to them. You know, e even if it's a, a small one, you know, there's a story behind it. You know, it, it, when you think about it, it, it takes you back or it has meaning that carries you forward. So, you know, kind of for you, what, what's your, you know, most meaningful tattoos? Oh man. Well, you know, majority of my tattoos, like, can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. I just can't hear myself for some reason. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know if good. I can. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, uh, 
yeah, a lot of my tattoos, like like the Polynesians, are, are built on off my family. Um, I have a, a band on my leg uh, with some mountains, a Polynesian band with some uh, lauhala, some basket weave representing strength, and uh, um, it has my son's name, Ho'ohiapo. That's his middle name, my eldest son's name, and uh, I got that when he was born in 1998. Um, and then I have... On my left arm, I have my last name, Davis, represent my family. A lotus represents me, and then my I have two kois that have represent my two sons. I, I have the whole yabu for my eldest son, and then my youngest son, Nathaniel, I have him on my left arm with with his brother. So the two kois represent my two sons. Um, That's cool. My, on my right forearm, I have a portrait of my son, Nathaniel, and I have his name, Kelly Inohopono, on my arm tattooed there um on my left leg i have a uh chinese dragon a representation of a chinese dragon my dad's family were immigrants from china and so i just to carry my heritage on that side uh on my left leg my polynesian on my right and stuff like that and then um i have a half sleeve from my uh, Polynesian half sleeve from my chest onto my arm with a turtle, a honu, representing my family uh, on my chest. So uh, all of my, majority of, 90% of my tattoos are, are family, whether it's my sons or my immediate family, brothers and sisters, and carrying our family with us. It's just, it's been a thing for thousands of years in Polynesians. It's not just me, you know, like they say, it takes a village, you know, and uh, it's all the people and, and that, that are dear to my heart and everything like that. And uh, that's what I have on, on me tattooed so what what's the meaning of a turtle because I've, I've seen that a lot in polynesian tattoos well the, the meaning of something is really just it changes by from a thousand people a thousand tattoos like um uh it can mean strength to one guy it could mean that he has uh, another guy could represent he has a sense of individualism uh, um another one uh, longevity you know wisdom so many different things but uh, we have a lot of turtles in the polynesian tattooing because you know all we could do like a lot of other native cultures is tattoo nature what's around you know, Native Americans would tattoo the wolves and the things that were around them, you know, and, and the eagles and the birds and all the stuff that was around them. And all the Polynesians did was tattoo the nature around them because that's the only thing that we understand. So I, I've also seen a lot of feathers. You know, I, I, I've got a few on my arm. And I, I, I wondered what, what that's also about. Uh, a lot of feathers, once again, different types of birds, you know, uh, whether you're Native American and, and you're tattooing a condor or, or an eagle or something like that or are coming from another country where they have like pheasants in Japan where they have cranes and different ones of birds, each one has their own representation. But in Polynesia for us, like the, there's different also different types of birds. And the one that's more popular uh, that I see get used a lot is the frigate or what we call in Hawaii, we call it the Eva bird. The Eva bird is, is one that's known uh, – because a lot of sailors, the Hawaiians were, and Polynesians were, you know, navigators. We, we, we traveled all over the world from islands to islands, you know. We circumnavigated this planet, you know. And um, what we would do is when, when you're getting close to land, you look for the birds, the, the frigates, the seabirds, seagulls and stuff. And not a seagull, but a, a seabirds. And the birds can go anywhere from like five to ten miles off the coast of the wow. land. So what you do is you look for the birds and then you follow the birds home. The birds will lead you to land. And so it, 
it uses a, a lot of connotations and things is like uh kind of for me i use it more on my patterns like for if somebody who's like traveling a lot and and they they, they go places or, or they're going so many places that i i put the evil birds to always remind them to find their way home you know kind of guide them back home some people it's a spiritual guidance you know what i mean um where they're going through struggles and hard times in life so we put the feathers of the bird sometimes even the puel the owl is another one that is a different type of bird that they put on there but like the owl feathers are also known as that too but it, it's kind of a sense of some people use it as like a, a higher being something above you that flies okay. above you kind of like the holy spirit kind of like something like that that is yeah. like a guidance from above like your um your guardian angels kind of thing and uh that as you go through life that those feathers and those designs may made that spirit give you guidance as you walk forward in life kind of something and it all depends once again on somebody's story and and what they're trying to tell in their story you know yeah so kind of piggybacking off of that what are some of the most meaningful tattoos that you've done uh, you know, I, I know it's all about the experience of the tattoo that, that kind of feeds it. And, and I, I, I'm sure that, you know, almost everyone has a, a significance, a, a meaning to your heart, because that, that's what you do. You put your heart into it. Um, but kind of are, are there any that, that really stand out, some, you know, deep stories? No man, there's like there's like so many. It's it's like we could do like like a hundred podcasts on just the stories <laughs> that I could do. It's like the, the the adventures I've been on on the twenty three years of tattooing. You and and we'll definitely we'll definitely get to those. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll be doing this for a long time, so we'll we'll, we'll definitely cover them. Dude, I'll, I'll even do me somewhere where you could probably maybe bring on some of those people who got those tattoos and talk about what it represented to them and those Absolutely. kind of things in the story. That's like you, like yours. You're you're the perfect one to get started with, dude. Like the tattoo that you have that we did on you, it's it, the impact of it and just the exchange of energy. But um, man, let's say, I, I guess what one of the biggest ones would be just kind of also you know getting into everything my best friend was a guy who tattooed everybody in high school and uh we did that through the 90s and then uh, um uh 1998 i joined the united states army and uh, uh my friend tattooed me i drew the the design my son was just my son was coming and uh, um, I knew the name that we were gonna have for him already. And I asked my best friend to tattoo that. And it signified a lot. It signified one, my son, he was the, the, the greatest gift that was given to us. But it was on the night that I actually left for basic training. So I left in the military that night. They, they were like, your flight's tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Oh, wow. And so that night at like two o'clock in the morning, I asked my friend, like after we had been drinking all night, you know, just like, mm. oh, we're going to go off to the military. And so I asked my friend to tattoo me that night. And um, it was just me and him sitting in the garage. And he tattooed my leg um before i left to the military and and it, it it signified a time in my life where i i took the step to that that growth that adulthood you know it was my journey now you know i was no longer the child that was being nurtured by my parents this was my step out of i was the bird that flew out of the nest you know mm -hmm. and, um that tattoo signified my step out into the real world. And um, I got married a year after that to uh, my son's mother. Uh, um, and we held, we went on crazy adventures, ended up getting a divorce. And, you know, it just, but it signified the start of that, the start of me um, 
me walking my own journey. That's one of the most biggest and most important tattoos that I have is that because it represented that I just had my son um my son like I said greatest gift to me and then uh making that step to life um some I I've been through so many different tattoos and walks with people I think it was uh, um I have tattooed people, you know, some people get tattoos just to, you know, um, for aesthetics and they're like, man, because it looks cool, bro. Like, I want to get some strength. And then as I started to tattoo people who, when they would, uh, um, like, uh, for a lost one, I had a, a friend of mine, my friend Zeus, and the four twos out in, uh, his name is Zeus Four Two. Uh, out lives out in Sacramento, California. And I, I met him and his wife, Grace, in California. And, uh, um, he had lost his son to leukemia and oh. uh, I had tattooed a massive tiki on his arm. And um, while his son was going through his treatments and everything, there was, he had, he used to have a little toy where you would, it's almost like those like uh, grabbers where you pick up rubbish or like the toy where you, you squeeze the handle and the mouth opens and closes kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And it was a shark. And it was a little shark that uh, his son would always hold. And it was like, like almost like his confidant, you know, like his, his little comfort blanket. You know what I mean? That yeah. he had that toy. And then, um, so I did this tiki and uh, this tiki on his arm. And it has a shark that's swimming around the shoulder of the tiki. And it was just right there. And uh, I... I, I was finished with it. We tattooed all day and stuff. And, and then uh, he went to take a look at it in the mirror. And then he just broke out crying. And it just like the impact of it and what it did. It was it was about those times when I started to realize how how majorly important these tattoos are and, and what they can do for people. It's like music, like a, a single note or a single series of notes in the beginning of a song can spark tears. You know, it can move your soul. You know, a song from, let's say, a, a hard time that you've been through or something that you've been through, like a, a marriage or a death of a, of, a, of a loved one, and a song can just come on and just, just strike up tears. It could draw yeah. your emotion. And that was when I started to realize that my tattoos were, oh, my God, it impacted so much. And uh, Zeus and his family are are still, like, super close families. like my brother from another mother now. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, his his uh, his his daughters his daughters Kai and Gianna and everything we all hang out but it's that connection we've had and it's 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 unbreakable it's it's just like uh, Zeus is literally literally a brother of mine now and because of that impact you know that was one of the big one and then I had another gentleman who uh, came from Tracy I want to say out in California and uh, his story was crazy his uh, son was born with a, uh, a heart problem i guess that they were saying that uh his son's heart was not growing with him and so uh -huh. they said that or something was wrong with his heart and um they said he wouldn't live to be a year old and um 11 years later you know not only was the son still alive but um the son was in was a an awesome athlete he was like just so great especially at baseball he loved baseball and um it was just a super athlete he said great kid in school great kid phenomenal and uh he said they went to a baseball tournament in reno nevada and he says and on their way back the son was i want to say it was reno when the son said that uh, his chest was hurting after this tournament so the dad said you know it's the standard routine let's go straight to the hospital like they don't even mess around with that right so he went straight to a hospital they went to the emergency room and he said his son was tired because they just played a whole bunch of you know, 
tournaments, you know, baseball tournaments. So he's sitting in the emergency room, and then he says, he says, tells his son, like, yeah, just, just take a nap, got kind of just rest, and when the doctor comes, I'll just wake you up and stuff like that. So he's sitting down, hanging out, and then in the uh, waiting room, and then the doctor calls their names, and he stands up and realizes his son is dead. His son. Oh died. my God. His son died in his arms in the emergency room in the lobby. It was just one of those like, wow, oh. bro. I, I couldn't even imagine what, I mean, just hearing these stories, like, it's like, man, it just chokes you up, you know, and just. That's, he, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Like you were like one step right there before the doctor, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, so uh, to talk to him and just share that, it's just been. Uh, and his name was Jaden, and it was it was an unbelievable story. Great people, and then like I was telling you before about my friend Chris Tuff, my friend Chris Tuff, who's a a big big uh, impact in my life. In fact, I'm I'm actually heading over to his house after these podcasts. So, oh really? <laughs> yeah, great friend of mine. And um, he came into the tattoo parlor. I was working at Ink and Dagger over in Roswell, Georgia, and um, when he came in, he was like that one that one guy that comes in like you can tell his life was kind of not in the right direction. You know what I mean? Or in a sense, like there was a lot of crazy things going on in his life. His spirit was very, oh man, it was like, you could tell he was in a bad place, you know? Yeah, and, troubled. Yeah, he was very troubled, yes. And um, he came to me and he said he went to several tattoo parlors or several places and asked people. He just wanted three lines, like hula hoops, around his forearm and it represented his wife and his two daughters because in the end even if everything falls apart he wanted to anchor himself on what was the most important thing in his life which is his wife and his two daughters and so he said i just went around the places and everybody's like you want straight lines you got to go to kiyoki you want straight lines you got to go to kiyoki and it was just crazy the story he was like yeah man i heard you were the guy to come to so i want three hula hoops on my arm and I was like, cool. And then we sat down and then, you know, I started telling him about Polynesian tattooing, like what I do, the meaning behind it, the representations and everything like that. And then me and this guy just like dove into a multiverse of just <laughs> conversation and just, you know, talking about his life, what he's going through and everything like that. And, and what this tattoo means and the strength behind it. And that, that also that he's a twin. And his wife is also one of twins too. His wife has a twin. That's nuts. So, yeah, that's, that's that's really freaky. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a one of a twin, and his wife's one of a twin. And um, so he wanted to represent these things on his tattoo. So I did the three bands, which represents his wife and his two daughters. And then in there, we have a Kodu design, a New Zealand design, Maori design that's symmetrical, that represents the the symbolism of the twins, both him and his brother, and her and her sister. And so. That was the anchor of his life. That's the most important thing. And from that forearm band uh, started a journey that was just unbelievable. And to see him from where he was, uh, I mean, not that he was in a bad place, that, you know, mentally we can all be in, in a bad place. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mostly, not physically, but mentally. And uh, he ended up writing a book called The Millennial Whisperer, ended up a national bestseller. And then from there, he wrote his second book called Savior Asks, which is another massive, unbelievable book. He travels around the world now, speaking to major companies like Nike, Home Depot, like Under Armour, all these massive places, you know. And um, he just impacts the world now with what he does. And he says that a lot of it has been because of that base. Like when things start to get rough and everything he looks at his tattoo reminds him of his family and what's the most important 
part of what he's doing. Now he's got an arm sleeve, and then you know we've got a, his chest piece we did recently. So he's got a chest into his arm sleeve, and then he's got like we got touches on his legs and his other arm. He's just lit up everywhere, and now yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I've definitely seen you know for me what once you get hooked, you know that's that that's it. You're you're off to the races. You know, I, I just started with one line on my on my thigh and now I've got half sleeves on both arms. You, you made <laughs> a, a sweet connection on the top of my back. Uh, I'm already thinking about the lower back. You know, it, it just it, you just keep going, going because it, it, you get bitten by it. You, you it, it's not just the aesthetic. It, it's also the moment in time, the the meanings that that you come up with, the significance, the conversations, you know, every, everything is is there for a reason. Um, you know, for me, my shoulders that that I had done. So you know, I I also had you know a, a troubled past. You know, where I wasn't in the right space. You know, I'm I'm, I'm by no means you know perfect, but I'm a lot better than where I was. Um, and on my shoulders, I, I had scars. And, and you know, I, I've talked about it before, but the, they're what we call maladaptive coping mechanisms. So basically, you know, one of the things that, that I used to do was, was cutting. And it, it was a way to stop the mental pain, give you that instantaneous break from it. And I did that when I was much, much younger. And I was tired of seeing it in the mirror and being reminded mm -hmm. of it. So that's why I got my shoulders covered, you know. And, and now when I look in the mirror, uh, I'm, not, I'm not taken back to that dark place. I'm taken back to, to happy memories of, of getting the tattoos. Mm -hmm. And that, that changes everything. That, and and I can see you know how it makes such a difference, um, you know that that, but you know one, once you get started, you know it, it's it's hard to stop. Um, for for you, you know, how do you see do you see yourself just still going, or, or have you reached a a point where you're like I'm going to take a break, or how, how do you decide when to get a new tattoo? No, man, uh, this is one of those things like when the moment comes for me, you know, as, as we go through life and our tribulations and, and, and uh, um, it's one of those things like when something significant is enough, it is something that I need to remember. I'll I'll put it down. You know, it's one of those things like uh, I'm just waiting for the next journey. Some of them I haven't finished. <laughs> Tattoos, it gets to the point where after a while I'm like, man, this, this but it's <laughs> it's good. it's the just the the pain of going through uh, all the things that we've been through is it really what what I think through is life. yeah it's that pain that you survived and then that that pain is is marked by pain you know um in in, in yeah. your body and you have what they call an emotional connection you know you have that emotional link to that emotional time in your life and i think that's what it is and and uh i thank god that i, I have apparently i might have done something right a few <laughs> times that 
that that that the Lord has blessed me with with uh, um, a lot of great things currently. So I, I haven't needed to get any tattoos yet. But uh, right. I, I know that uh, as with all things in life, it's, it comes in waves, the ups and downs, the lefts and rights. And uh, there will be a time when I will go through struggles again because that's life. And when, when I get to that, oh, I'll be ready. And then I'll be ready to mark my next tattoo when that happens. And then I'll just stand up, grow, and do it again, you know? How do you decide who does your tattoos? I mean, when you're at at your level, you know, you're in my mind, you know, you're, you're the, the top of the tops. How, how do you decide how, you know, getting the next one? Ooh, I don't know about the top of the top. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I mean, but thank you so much. I'm just one of those guys. Um, but for me, I guess it's the connection, just like how people, I want people to connect with me as a tattoo artist. Um, I find tattoo artists that are my friends, people that I meet along my journey through my tattoo career and we have an exchange of energy and there are people that i remember that i had a particular exchange with this person or a particular exchange with this person and then when i go through my trials and tribulations uh, i will go back to the person or one of my friends uh definitely who knows me who understands and and it's a big thing too there's um like even with our tattooing uh it's kind of similar to naming children in hawaii naming children in hawaii uh, usually when you have a child that's born, you would let the grandparents name the child. The oh, reason, wow. The reason why the grandparents name the child is because the grandparents know the parent and they know what the parent needs and not what they want. So they give them a gift of the child. The child is a gift to help you grow in life. A child isn't uh, what people say, like a, an asset or anything like that. <laughs> a, a child is a gift from God to help us teach us to help teach us the things we need to learn in life. If you if you have no patience, the God will give you God will give you a child that will test your patience and that will sit there and and teach you patience. You know what I mean? If you have anger, God will give you this child that will teach you to control your anger. Our children are gifts to us to help us understand life. The children, our children will teach us more than we'll ever learn on our own. You know, our children right. are a gift. And so um, for me, like giving a tattoo is like that. You know, I want somebody who's gonna give me the gift of what they know I need. And so, certain people will just give you what you want. You know what I mean? Where my grandmother will know like, no, no, you're this person. I will give you what you need, you know? And I think that's what it is, you know, uh, with tattooing. And I think well, I would tell, I would search for one of my friends that I know at that time would give me the energy that I know and understand that I need, you know? Do you get into like other styles, you know, like, um, you know, old sailor tattoos or, you know, realism or, you know, all, all the other kind of, uh, you know, various kind, you know, images and, and perspectives uh, or are, most of yours and and what you plan, you know, to be Polynesian in, in effect. Oh yeah, I, I I learn so many different styles and understandings and perspectives. You always want to get as much perspective as you can to understand things at a, a more of a broader view. Um, there was a movie I watched. It's called In Search of Greatness. Such an unbelievable movie. I watched it on an airplane once uh, coming home. And in that movie, they speak to people like. Um, 
Pele, the soccer player they speak to, mm -hmm. like uh, Muhammad Ali, they speak to Michael Jordan, they speak to all those kind of guys, and uh, Wayne Gretzky, and they to ask them, like, what does it take to be number one in search of greatness? How do we find greatness and stuff? And Wayne Gretzky said that um, he became a better hockey player because he played basketball, because he played baseball, because he played soccer, because he played everything else, because all the other sports will give you other perspectives and mechanisms and function of your body to understand how to become better at another thing. So to become better at one thing, it's like, like they say, a lot of people say the phrase, um, jack of all trades, master of none. Right. But I heard once from a guy who told me that the full phrase is a jack of all trades, master of one is still better than a master. Uh, uh, than a master. Oh, wait, wait, a, a jack of all trades, master of none is still better than a master of one. The reason why is because your expansive knowledge is better than somebody who has focused all their knowledge. Yeah, they might be this, but your, your, your ability to adapt is really what allows you to grow. You know what I mean? Instead of being focused. So yeah. that's really crazy. I mean, just to think about it, a, a jack of all trades, master of none is still better than a master of one, which is super cool. Yeah, that, that's definitely deep. And I, I, I know I used that phrase a lot in our last episode, but <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely it, that that's very deep, you know, being able to, to have that broader knowledge enabling you to, to be that much better is mm -hmm. that, that that's really deep. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I think my dad, we used to play, uh, uh, volleyball and we played a lot of sports growing up and my dad was like ah oh, you know like uh if you want to get better at hand-eye coordination or swinging a baseball bat then play ping pong because the ball's smaller paddle smaller moves way you know at a pretty fast pace you know learning different sports that'll help you with you know a, that, another sport you know so it's super cool to uh to see how that you know that works together when you see the functions of other processes yeah, definitely. All right, man. I think I think we've we've covered a lot of ground and I look forward to covering a lot more. And you know, I, I, I can't say it enough, but I, I, I love you, man. Much love and we'll 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 see you guys on the next one. Yes, brother. Love you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, check out the next episodes that are coming up. We've got a lot of good stuff coming on. Uh, thank you so much, brother. Love you. Love you too, man.